Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Sal that you're here. And today, talking about the 3M Open, which just be is, is literally becoming a field of uh, Corn Ferry Tour people and then just, you know, Dustin Johnson and Brooks up top and Tommy Fleetwood. But now we have Carlos Ortiz gone, Kevin Tway, if you were interested in playing him. I was interested in playing Carlos Ortiz. I imagine I was going to get maybe 10% or so, maybe even more ownership on him as I was looking through my first couple of crunches. But with that all said, it's not going to happen now because he just withdrew. Everybody's withdrawn. Corey Connors, Brendan Todd, all these guys who seemed like they would be decent plays here, no longer in the field. This is the built-in rest spot it seems as the majors are coming up, the WGs are coming up, but no rest for Dustin Johnson. No, no, no. He said, hey, I was just out there winning the Travelers. Now I get a really easy course against a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and try and get uh, another win here on my uh, resume and another uh, maybe million dollar check. But with all that said, I'm going to break it down here. Kind of my betting card so far. I'm going to be recording this on Tuesday at 3.38 as of right now, PM East Coast time. And we're going to talk about some more things. I was looking at the odds Monday morning. I was just traveling, so I, should, I could not record that video on time like I usually do in Monday. So the DraftKings video went up this morning. You can go ahead and check out the DraftKings video and you have a chance if you want. And then in this video, I'll just go over the numbers that I got earlier today. Hopefully some of them are still on the board if you want to tail those bets, but just kind of talking through my thoughts on some of these bets, talking through some of the course things and how some players are currently in form. Before we hop on into this, I just want to say, please, please, please hit that like button for me one time and the big old subscribe button that pops up. That really does help us reach more people. I think we're only like 40 subscribers away from the beginning of this recording, at least from 23,000. So why don't we get there and then why don't we crush towards 24,000. I really do appreciate all of you. If you want to get access to my DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports Content, or if you're interested or you, you kind of bet and also play DFS, right? The both sides of it, just outright sports betting and DFS. I do have content on Patreon. My projection rankings, they're already up in my models. I also have notes on there on some golfers and also the course in general. And I'll be adding a closing thoughts podcast and some showdown rankings later in the week. So be sure to check all of that out. Link down below. Depending on your watching this, it might already be out. So we can start this bad boy up by actually looking down the board right now. I'm using just sort of an odds comparison tool. The nice thing about this this is it kind of highlights the ones that are the best on the board, the best numbers that you'll find. Multiple books, as you can see in blue, are the best numbers. So as you do go through this, these are just different books where you can currently get them. It's just nice always shopping your lines, making sure you're getting the best price so that when there's situations like this one, you're not getting 16 to one odds on Paul Casey, you're getting the deserving 22 to one odds. Now, I actually ended up getting 25 to one odds where he opened. So hopefully if you bet Paul Casey, you can get him there. But that was actually my 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 shortest bet. It wasn't my first bet. When I looked at the card, we'll get through my first bet. But Paul Casey is the, the guy that I bet for the shortest odds at 25 to one. Now, what that means is pretty much I'm not touching Dustin Johnson, Finau, Kepka, or Tommy Fleetwood. If I was to touch one of these guys in the teens, and none of them are actually in the single digits, not even Brooks right now, at least on all these books, 10 and 11 to one, I would bet Tommy at 16 to one. If he ended up getting to 20 to one, I would probably bet him if I had to choose between these four guys up here, but I just want don't want that short of a number. And then honestly, yeah, if you want to kind of, you can always build a case against these guys like the layoff and all this stuff, right? Last time we saw him, he was missing a cut at the API, at least last full, full field event, right? He was in the players that that one got called short after a day at COVID. But with that said, I do have a bet out there on Paul Casey. Look, the end of the day, I like him in all formats, whether it's DFS, you'll see in the DraftKings video, whether it's in the betting markets this week. Yes, he blew up last week because he shot a snowman. He shot an eight on a par three. It was just absolutely disgusting. Um, went into the water, overshot it, went into the water twice. It was it was the worst thing you could possibly even see on the shot tracker. I thought it was actually a hack and fake. I didn't believe it for like two and a half hours. I thought they were going to put the score back, but no, it was real. It didn't actually end up making him, well, I guess it did in theory, miss the cut, but he went back inside the cut line and then blew up later on on the back nine to miss the cut last week. And that's all game.
betting theory for DraftKings if people are going to play him or not in ownership. But in terms of the outright betting markets, this is a guy who comes into this field in a weak field. Once again, an easy track record, right? In terms of the course, if we're looking at it, 7,400 yards, a little bit over that. Par 71, it's going to play as. Par 72, the website's kind of different, but I think it is a par 71. Somebody said in the comment section officially, and you're getting longer rough here. That's what they had last year. It was calm, not a lot of wind. And what's going to dominate here is your ball strikers. Now, off the tee game is going to be fine here as well, right? 7,400 yards. If you can drive it off the tee, it's easier to hit fairways here. 5% easier than the tour average. 9% easier to hit the greens and regulation. So you can just bomb this thing, right? You don't have to worry about it going all over the place. The fairways are easy to hit and the greens and regulations are easy to hit. Now you have a guy in Paul Casey coming in here who's third and off the tee. So the driver's going to be there for him who ranks right now in this field, first in approach and first in ball striking. So at least over the last 50 rounds, you can say what you want about some of the other guys in this field and debate with me that they're the best. But over the last 50 rounds in this field, Paul Casey is the best ball striker in the field and third driver off the tee. So he matches up really nicely for this course. And then again, it's a very weak field. Now, 25 to one might not feel great based on the longer numbers you were getting last week. But keep in mind, last week's field was the best literally ever in PGA Tour history based on rankings and how many people are actually there. This field, arguably the worst ever. So a total 360 and you can still get them right now at 22 to one. Again, if you got them at 25 to one, shake your hand there as did I. But if you get them at 22 to one, I still think I, I like that number right now. So that was the first bet that I ended up going to uh, Paul Casey. Now, as I scroll down the boards a little bit, I don't really have any interest in the defending champion, Matthew Wolf. He did play really well over the weekend. He actually played well Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Just had a, a bad day on Thursday, but ended up getting by the cut at the Memorial. Played well. We know that he just finished and, and was leading coming into Sunday a couple weeks back where he ends up finishing third. So Matthew Wolf, I, I don't have any interest in betting him at 25 to one, but Harris English 33 to one. Yeah, that number seems okay. That's just a field you're playing in, right? I made a tweet and Russell Henley's 33 to one. He's still at 33 to one, which tells you that on some books he's 30 to one, but nobody's betting Russell Henley this week. And it makes sense. I don't want to bet him either. Based on where a lot of these lines open, it really does seem like nobody's betting this 30 range, right? Lucas Glover still 35 to one. Bet down to 21. This is a perfect example of when you should line shop, right? So look right here as I zoom in on this a little bit. So you can see Lucas Glover right here in this lane, right? Right here. 35 to one. That's the best number you're going to find on him. So if you put $1 on this, you win 35. You put 10, you win 350, right? If you scroll across here, some books are having him at 20 to one. So any major books, yeah, DraftKings has him right now as 20 to one. This is why you should always be looking across the boards because right now you can get him on FanDuel at 35 to one. You can get him on a couple of other sites, MGM, right? Points bet at 33 to one. So none of these are sponsors of me, but I'm just telling you that you should be line shopping, but I don't want to bet Lucas Glover, but you want to be betting those numbers. That's a 15 point difference. If you bet him on DraftKings over FanDuel this week, that's crazy. That's absolutely insane. You're literally losing out. If you bet $10, you're losing out on $150. Now what happens if you're betting $100? Yeah, you're losing out on a $1,500 just because you didn't take the extra literally like 30 seconds to just look up on a site like this and create an account on FanDuel. So absolutely crazy the line differences in there. And when people tell you, or if you don't think that it matters to line shop and you always hear it and it's like, this doesn't matter. This literally matters because there's huge discrepancies, especially right now in the golf market, because it is, I would say very volatile in terms of a lot of books trying to, a lot of money's coming in on this, this action, right? So books are trying to leverage it and move their, their lines quickly. So you're seeing a lot of line movement actually from that Monday to Thursday morning um, window before the tournament starts. So going down more. So I don't have any interest in the 30 range, to be honest with you. So right now my betting card, I'm going to pull it up over here. I'll probably post the official one on Twitter uh, later in the week, but Paul Casey ended up betting right now at 25 to one. Uh, I don't know if he was actually ever 30 to one anywhere. I saw him open at 25 to one and I just hit it. Now that number is pretty much gone. But the next bet, the next bet that I think is interesting. So a lot of people got EVR, right? You can still get him at 40 to one on some sites. 35 to one, 33 is a pretty common number right here. And EVR, he sets up pretty nicely for this. You've seen him in back-to-back events, just killing it with T to green play, gained over 11 strokes T to 
green his last time out, nine strokes tee to green the event before that. If you want to just look at how he's playing on approach, which is the ball striking, it's going to matter here. He's been good in that department too in back-to-back contests and really since the break. He's number nine in approach in this field and number two in DraftKings scoring on the DraftKings side. That pretty much just tells you that he picks up birdies and he does compete. So in the recent format you're seeing from him, the fact that yes, his main thing is the putter being the issue, but if that clicks this week, a spot where it's easier to hit the greens and regulations, maybe he's starting to roll in three and five footers instead of having to have 17, 15 foot putts, right? It could be good for him. I didn't get the number, right? I looked at it at 50, 55 to one where it opened and I ended up betting another guy that I'll talk about in a second. And I just didn't get the number. At this point, I'm not betting him at 33 and 35 to one. Even at this point in the week, like the fact that I got the other guy who is a spoiler alert for you, we're going to talk about him in a second, Doc Redman. I feel good with Doc Redman and not having EVR, I feel fine with. Like I actually think Doc Redman has the pedigree to win more so than EVR. It's kind of something that's hard to quantify or at least the competition and, and compete. I mean, we, we just saw Doc Redman competing at a very easy course a couple of weeks back, I, I believe the Rocket Mortgage. So EVR fine. If you got him at 55 to one, 50 to one, I can't say anything bad about it. I'm just not going to be betting him even at 40 to one where you can still get it on some books. If you still see that number out there somewhere else, maybe like Bavada or an offshore book. I, I don't really look at those, but there you go. Maybe you get a nice number there. But uh, Doc Redman is something that I did hit on and you can still get Doc Redman at really good numbers. People are not betting Doc Redman as much as they are EVR right now. And based on the content that I've seen in the industry, a lot of people hyping up EVR, I would say for good reason. It's, there's substance behind that, but they're going to that guy instead of Doc Redman and his number is still at 50 to one. And that's, uh, I believe where I got him at open. Let me check. Maybe it was 55, but I believe it was 50 to one. So I got Doc Redman at 50 to one. And that was my first bet of the week. That was the guy that stood out to me on the board the most. He was my first click of the week. I ended up placing a bet on him. He's number five in this field and approach. I want the irons. The ball striking is there. The approach plays there. He continues to struggle around the green. And last week, as I mentioned in the DraftKings video, last week, if you're looking at Doc Redman for that course of the Memorial, it was going to set up brutal. Now he was like $7,600 on DraftKings and DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports. Towards the end of the week, I didn't want much of him. Now he lost 2.1 strokes to the field around the green. He's just not good around the green, but he lost six strokes putting. I don't expect that to happen again. The approach rate will actually matter more here. It's going to be a much easier course. A guy who can get up and down and go uh, birdie or better. He struggled to the 3M last year, but again, he's a totally different golfer now in the debut of the 3M last year in, in the Twin Cities, TPC uh, Twin Cities. Real quickly, before we keep on going, I want to let you know about Superdraft, the sponsor of today's video, the logo up above. They're a multiplier, daily fantasy sports. So it's a gaming site. It's not just straight up sports betting. You get to pick six golfers. You put them in your lineup, right? And you get a multiplier. So you can pick the really good golfers like Dustin Johnson and Brooks in this field, but they're only going to get one times their points. So based on the birdies that they do and where they score this week and finish this week, they might score 50 points. They're only going to get 50 points. But if you pick a guy further down the list, like some of the guys in this list right here, right? If I scroll, let's say you pick Emmanuel Griot. So you get Griot this week and he ends up finishing fourth and he has a ton of birdies, right? And his putter isn't completely broken and dog shit. Well, he's going to get maybe 1.5 X the amount of points. So he's actually going to score better than the Dustin Johnsons and Brooks. So it's kind of a game theory, right? Promo code SAL, S-A-L, my name just hit my hand. Ouch. But S-A-L, if you heard that, uh, you're going to get yourself 10 free dollars and hundred percent deposit match. I believe they're still doing up to $50. All that can be found down below by clicking the link on Superdraft. Go ahead, check it out right now. Go win yourself some money, get yourself some sports betting action while also betting on something in the daily fantasy sports space, a couple of sweats on the weekend. Why not have some fun as all the major sports start to return? Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy yourself. Let's get back into this beautiful video. So Doc Redman at 50 to 1. I like that number. It's still out there if you're interested in tailing. Other guys in this area, uh, Brendan Todd's still on this board, but he's he's withdrawn. So don't be betting Brendan Todd. Bubba is interesting. I like this 40 to 1 number. But look, I think it's it's really interesting. The fact that you can get Bubba at 40 to 1 or Paul Casey 25 to 1. Bubba was actually, I think, third in the field in approach play last week. He gained over seven strokes on approach. He was very good tee to green. It was the first time in a while that we've seen any life out of Bubba. First cut that he's made after missing three straight before that, which was the first time he ever did that in his career. The putter's still the issue. Since the return, something that normally 
We're not seeing Bubba just be absolutely dog shit with his short game and putting. That's been really bad. So if you do think that the approach sticks coming into this week, it can actually set up really nicely for Bubba. That's your deciding factor. I think it's a fine bet. I just already have money down. And again, make sure you odd shop because right now he's 40 to one on BetMGM if you could bet there. Uh, but he's still like 25, 28 to one on most other sites. So it depends where you can get it down. 35 to one right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. So I would go there before you go to DraftKings where he's only 25 to one. Those types of things, right? Make sure you get all the value out of it. I'm just not going to bet him because I already have enough guys in that range, right? I already have uh, Paul Casey. I don't want to bet the whole card, right? I'm not going to bet 20 golfers. So Paul Casey um, and Doc Redman are the guys that I ended up betting from the 25 to 50 to one range. I actually ended up going ahead though. And right now I have a top 20 bet on Sam's Burns, but I still see 45 to one numbers on him. I still want to bet one more guy this week. So currently on my card, I have four bets on the card already done. One of them is a long shot, kind of two of them are long shots. We'll talk about them in a second. Uh, And then there's another long shot that I plan to add at 125 to one, talk about in a second. And then Sam Burns might be the guy who gets another bet in at the 45 to one range. I think he did open at 50 to one. So I'm losing a little bit of value, not betting him right at the start, but I I ended up going once again, Doc Remen over him, but Burns seeing him at 45 to one compared to EVR, who's already bet down to like 33, 35 to one. I think that's still some good value there for Sam Burns. He finished top 10, I believe top five here last year, a guy who can just get really hot with the putter, a guy who can pick up birdies and score. And this is going to be a birdie fest. It was one, I believe at 21 under last year by Matthew Wolf. So I think Burns actually sets up nicely here. Now he's coming into this event a little bit fresh, uh, but we've been getting very good form since the restart from Sam Burns. And he's also picking up a good amount of Eagles, which is something to point out uh, for Sam Burns, a guy who can actually pick up scores, but also pop off with the birdie or better on the Eagle department. So if we're just looking at those guys, that range, now we're starting to get into like the longer shots. As I slide down here, I don't really have any interest in this range. Like these are all guys that I question the win upside, even in a weak field. Like sure, Norlander finished like fourth or say he was fourth for a while. I think he finished sixth last week, whatever it might've been. And he's 55 to one, 60 to one in some spots. I just don't want to get there. I don't feel that confident in that. Now, uh, guys in this range, like Patrick Rogers, I, I really do question. I think that he has a lot of scoring upside in terms of birdies, but I do question his ability to actually close. This whole range is not that appealing. Carlos Ortiz, he just withdrew literally moments ago, but I ended up getting Max Homa. And I like that the number is lower. I got Max Homa at 90 to one where he opened. Uh, he is right now at 70 to one in some spots. I think he's on FanDuel at 70 to one, 66 to one, 55 to one. So I actually like Max Homa just in terms of the number that I got him at. Like right now, if I saw these numbers at 66 and 70, I would not have bet them. So I'm not really betting Max Homa. I'm just betting the number that he's at. Max Homa, 90 to one is saying, do I think he's going to win at some point in the next 90 events? So I at least get my money back, right? All right. That's what I'm saying here. 90 times from now, if he doesn't win the next 89 events, I get my money back if he just ends up winning. If I put the same amount on it each time, 90 to one odds. I do think that he'll win sometime in the next 90 events, right? He won last year. I think that this is a guy who can win once every two years or whatever it ends up being. That's right around that 90 to one number. But now that it's down to like 60 to one, 66 to one, 55 to one, I don't want to really be betting that, even though it is a weaker field. So I think he wins in this type of a field that much, but he's not always going to be playing in this type of a field. Max Homa has not gained strokes putting since the return after gaining strokes putting in five events straight before the return. This is a guy who right now he has the approach plate. So that's the thing that I'm saving grace here, right? The approach play is still good and it sets up nicely. He can hit it straight. He can bomb it on this type of a course. And then you're going to have the, the around the green, which has always been bad for him. And now this, this putting has just been lost. But if he finds that a little bit on this spot where he can rely on his approach a little bit, it can help him out. So 90 to one, I like that. I probably don't bet it at 70 to one though, to be completely honest with you. Going down the board now, a lot of these numbers just don't look great. It's just 65, 70, 80 to one numbers on some of them. Like Dylan Fertelli at 80 to one isn't awful. I don't have a bet on it, but if you do, I, I don't think that that's terrible. But seeing like Tom Lewis, Troy Merritt at 80 to one and 70 and 66, 
Don't like that. Will Gordon at 80 to one. I don't, I don't hate that. I think Will Gordon's like 60 to one in a lot of spots right now. So if you can get him like 66 to one, like if you can get him at the 75 or 80 to one number, that's not terrible to be completely honest with you. Finished third a couple weeks back, got his tour card or temporary tour card showing a lot of pedigree with some of the stuff that he's done very early in his career. And again, he might still be a raw product. Maybe he's a year removed or six months removed or six months away from being kind of a, a guy who really competes on the tour, but maybe you can get on him early in the betting market is a spot you can take advantage of that. RCB, there's a 90 to one out there, but nothing really does anything for me. So I'm just scrolling here, right? You have Weisberger, who is 100 to 1. This is actually a decent bet, 29th ranked golfer in the world right now. You're going to hear that in a ton of spots this weekend. Again, he plays over on the Euro Tour, which he does compete highly on the Euro Tour, but uh, it is a, a sort of faulty number to an extent over there. You see that happen all the time with guys like Victor Perez and just a ton of these guys, um, even Matthias Schwab to an extent, although he's been playing pretty pretty good when he comes over here, fourth at the WGC. Um, but again, a little bit of a weighted number with that world ranking, not playing on the tour every single week in the PGA Tour. But 100 to 1, if you, if you think it's a, if you think that that actually holds weight there you go you can go with that I actually think it's a decent number if you can find the 100 to ones uh, i think DraftKings is one of these yeah DraftKings is 100 to one on him so now we're into the bombs range so right now i have bets on paul casey 25 to one doc redmond 50 to one and i have a 90 to one on max homa my fourth bet we're gonna get to him in a little while because he's pretty far down the board I, i'll just scroll to him um he might i don't even know if he's still at this number so let's just see so uh, no, he's not at this number. So I got him at 140 to one. You can actually get a 160 somewhere. I don't even know where this book is, but most of the spots are 100 to one or 125 to one. Just Cameron Tringale. Same thing for Max Homa. He's 140 to one. That number should be where it is right now at 100 to one. So I feel good that I beat the closing line. I don't really have much to say on Tringale outside of I think he's underpriced on DraftKings in terms of daily fantasy sports. I thought the 140 to one number was a complete misprice for a guy who's top 25 in irons in this field, top 12 on approach. If you're just looking at overall strokes gain total, he's 12th in this field and he can score birdie or better. He's going to be right up there in like the top 30. So this is a guy who, in my opinion, shouldn't be in the 100 to one range or even the 80 to one range. Like we were just looking at a bunch of guys in the 80 to one range, right? And Wyndham Clark, Sam Ryan. Ryan Armour, right? Richie Werniski, RCB, Will Gordon, Troy Merritt, Tom Tom Lewis, right? These guys are in the 80 to 1 range. I don't know why Tringali would not be over there. He might actually get there by the end of the week. So I got him at 140 to 1. Again, similar to Homa. I don't think they're going to win this contest. I don't feel that invigorated by it. I'm looking for value. The more value you get in your bets, the better, right? So when you seek out these numbers on Tringali when he's 140 to 1, and then he drops to 80 to 1 later in the week, but he hits one of those 141s once out of three years, it's going to pay off for you. That's the type of thing that you have to be thinking about. It might not pay off this week, but it might have to be it doesn't have to be just Tringali. It's whoever you bet when you have that same type of logic moving forward. So Doc Redman this week at 50 to one, if that number goes down to 40 to one and he actually wins this event, I just made myself an extra bet in the future because I got it early, right? Those types of things and hunted the value. Seifert's down here at hundred to one. Hadley is the other guy that I'm questioning on making a bet. So my four bets, the ones that I already told you are Casey, Redman, Homa, and Tringali at 140 to one. So really Doc Redman and Casey are like the guys that actually probably have a really good chance to win. Long shots are Homa to an extent at 90 to one. And then Tringali, this is a bomb at 140 to one. But Hadley, I like the way that he sets up this course a lot. He's going to be probably popular in the daily fantasy sports community, I would imagine. Um, I have interest in him a lot. You're looking at him. He's seventh in approach. His approach play has been absolutely killer right now. He's playing well as of late, and he's coming in at 125 to 1. That's the number that I saw earlier in the week, and it's still out there in a lot of spots, so I don't feel like I lost any value. I think I might end up betting it. Again, 125 to 1. What do you got to put on it? $10 to feel really good about the profits if it does come through for you, or whatever amount you want to end up putting on it. But since the return, since we've kind of come back, he's made three out of four cuts at this point, and he's 
looked at least decent, right? He's blown up last week to, when, when we saw him at the workday two weeks ago, same course as last week, Merrifield Village. He did lose three strokes putting. Uh, his concern's always going to be short game around the green primarily, but again, 125 to one. Might end up putting a bet on that as my fifth bet. So it'll probably come down to, maybe I'll even bet both since Hadley's such a long shot. Um, Hadley and Sam Burns, maybe I won't bet either. I'll let you know. I'll finalize it on my card on Twitter uh, probably later in the week. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Probably put it out on Wednesday. But for me, that's it. I don't really have any other interests. I wrote down just to like make notes of EVR and Sam Burns, which we talked about, Will Gordon and RCB, which we talked about, Chase Seifert, and then Hadley as well. So we kind of talked about all the guys that I made notes of. I like to write notes down on guys whose numbers just look good to me. And then the ones that I have bolded out are the ones that I bet. Casey, Redmond, Homa, and Tringali. So I'll make a decision probably between Burns, Will Gordon, Hadley, and RCB. And it'll probably end up coming down to Burns and Hadley. Um, Gordon, I think is interesting. If you can get him at 80 to one, 66 to one, I don't think I like him as much. So thank you for tuning into this video. I really do appreciate it. If you want to hit the like button and the subscribe button for me, that goes a totally, a very, very long way. If you want to sign up for Superdraft as a sponsor of today's video, promo code SAL gets you 10 free dollars to use on Superdraft. It's linked up down below. It's a daily fantasy sports game. It's completely fun. It's not DraftKings based. It's not salary cap. You just pick whatever golfers you want to play this weekend. Have a nice little sweat to go along with your bet in a different style of a format. Nice game theory. All that's linked up down below. And if you want to check out my daily fantasy sports content, you can over on Patreon. I have projections, rankings, a closing thoughts podcast talking about how I'm approaching the DraftKings slate. You could probably also take that and apply it to FanDuel if you play over there. So check all that out if you're indeed interested. Comment who you're going to be betting this week and let me know down below. Thanks so much. I appreciate y'all tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.